Welcome to Speaking the Truth in Agape Love Podcast. We are hosts, Chad Mitchell and David Finch. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I'm Chad Mitchell. I've got David Finch. Dave. Yep. And uh, we're, we're glad to be back with you for another podcast. Um, we're going to be talking about soil. And we're not talking about the farming type of soil or the <laughs> soil you have in your garden. You can probably guess. Um, but, but we got a good study uh, put together for you uh, this evening. Uh, as always, <clears throat> send us an email, truthinagapelove at gmail.com. That email's in the link of the description. Um, we'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions or any cons- you know any comments about um, our study, we'd be happy to answer them. You can find us on Facebook and send us a message that way. And again, uh, share us with your friends. If you like what you hear, uh, give us a like. Um, that way, if you subscribe to the podcast, you'll know when a new episode comes out. And so uh, we're glad you're here. And so with that, we'll go ahead and jump into our study, David. All righty. So the text of this evening is going to be in Matthew 13, 1 through 9. This is where Christ actually begins to talk, teach in parables. And so... He starts with this parable, talking about the different kinds of soil. And in a minute, I'm going to have Chad read this for us, so he can get ready to turn over there. But, um, you know, you may get bogged down in thinking that you know someone just based off their parents, right? Where they're not going to be interested in studying, they're not going to... They're not going to want, you know, to talk or anything like that. So you kind of psych yourself out. Mm-hmm. And the biggest issue that that we find is just that. We we kind of... We judge the soil. We judge the soil before mm-hmm. we even know anything. And our job is to throw seed and mm-hmm. water. That's yeah. it. Yeah. God adds the increase. You know, we cannot judge the soil or the heart of men. I have a soil... Uh, uh, story when you're done with your point. Okay. And, <laughs> Sorry. Um, well, and, and I hope in I didn't fact, mess up your thought. No, that's actually fine. I was going to jump into one, too, actually. Um, just to prove this point, though, uh, back when I was delivering mail, mm-hmm. I was talking with someone, and, and, you know, this guy cursed like a sailor. He, you know, he he was the last person who I thought would be interested in studying. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he was telling me this kind of this sad story about his his sister who lost a baby and this other drug dealer or this kind of woman who does drugs kept her baby you know and he's like you know where's the justice in that and where's all this and and uh i turned it and, and i was like you know i'd love to study with that with you mm-hmm. i don't know this guy he just looked at me and he's like I've been wanting to get back into studying the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, yeah. he was the last person I thought would be interested in studying the Bible. And understand what I'm saying. He was, I really liked the guy. Like, yeah. me and him got along great, you know, but he, uh, yeah, he just cursed a lot, and sure. every other word was a was a foul word. And the last person you would think would the be last interested person, in, yeah. in religion. And that was the one that was <clears throat> interested. Yeah. And, and a lot of times that's what happens. So... Maybe you can tell well, yours. And, 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 you know, it kind of goes along with, I love the Bible and how it uses analogies, okay? Yeah. And examples that we can relate to in this physical life, okay? Um, this this Snake River Valley 
This is uh, where we live here in Blackfoot, Idaho, is a high desert, okay? And when the settlers came through here, all they seen was sagebrush and lava rock, okay? <clears throat> and um, it took, I don't know who, who decided to try to grow something on the soil here, but it, at, at first glance, I mean, there's probably a lot of people that just passed on through because uh, it's 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 sagebrush, you right. know, it's a desert. Yeah. Okay. There's nothing that's gonna grow here. Well, turns out um, they were surprised when, if they could get water to it. And what they did is they started building canals off of the river, the Snake River here, and they did, they learned real quickly that it grows potatoes. Okay. Hmm. And so, um, but it took someone brave enough to say i'm gonna build a farm right here and you probably had people go you're crazy you know because first glance judging the soil especially yeah. back then they didn't have all the uh, science and and technology we do and science labs to see how much you know <laughs> whatever is in the soil <clears throat> but but they had to take a chance on it and sure enough it it was gold which basically kind of helped develop idaho into being the spud capital and that's all anybody knows anything about idaho yeah is spuds but at first they didn't think it was worth anything that they didn't think that the the land was fertile here hmm. in this whole valley and of course you've driven out and about we have farm field after farm field all here. over and yeah. potatoes you know beets uh wheat they grow all kinds of things and they they it feeds off of the the canals and the watering system we've been able to put out that we get our water from Snake River. So my point is, just as you were saying, there was a lot of people when this land got settled here in Idaho that went moved on because they did. Oh, that nothing gonna grow there. Look at it; it's dry. There's it's another Wyoming. Say, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you yeah. know what Wyoming's oh, like. Oh man, uh, if you could just get water to it, and that's the problem. There's a lot of places um, that. That, that would grow if you could get water to it, but right. you can't. And that's kind of the problem with Wyoming in a lot of places mm -hmm. is there's just no irrigation. <clears throat> Anyways, my point is it's the same as the story you just told about people that we work with, people that uh, we see every day, we judge them just like those settlers did. Yeah. And we, we say, oh, they, they wouldn't be interested in a Bible study. Are you kidding me? You know, yeah. that's what we think. And it's the same thing. That, that we catch ourselves doing even today on the real thing. That's what he's comparing it to. That's is right. judging the soil. Yeah. Uh, we do the same thing to people, you know, uh, deciding for ourselves whether they would be susceptible to the gospel or not. Yeah. And, and really, what we're going to be talking about, <coughs> Christ brings out four different kinds of soil that the seed may fall on. And... Uh, just to give us an idea of what we may face as we go out there. Yeah, and that right? breaks it down even more from what we what were our examples we're talking about. That's right. And so that's <clears throat> what we're going to be looking at. And you know, but from our standpoint, we don't know what kind of soil it is until we we actually try to sit down and study with them, you mm -hmm. know. Now, we can jinx ourselves out all the time, you know, and just be like those those settlers you were talking about that just moved on because yep. there's nothing but sagebrush here. There's, it's mm -hmm. not going to grow anything. Yeah. We can have that attitude as we go out and try to evangelize. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times we do, especially in this area. We have 
we have some that it seems like they're brainwashed into believing a lie and mm-hmm. we convince ourselves that there's no hope you know just move on there's there's no no reason to even try well let's get out of that funk mm-hmm. you know yes we're going to be looking at the soils but the most important thing <clears throat> we need to notice is we don't know what kind of soil they are until we study with them mm-hmm. and so with that chad do you want to read matthew 13 you bet one through nine <clears throat> my i got a frog in my throat david it, that happens actually yeah <laughs> so matthew 13 1 through 9 okay all right on the same day jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea and great multitudes were gathered together to him so that he got into a boat and sat and the whole multitude stood on the shore then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, and I love parables. Yes. <clears throat> That's just what I was just saying, you know, um, parables are, and, and practical examples that, that translate. And so here's the parable. It says, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on the stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them out. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. All righty. So this is the parable that he talks about. And then uh, later his disciples ask him about this parable, and so then Christ begins to explain the parable starting in verse 18 of the same chapter. So we're actually going to be more digging into, you know... His explanation. His explanation a little bit more. <clears throat> but, you know, the the point of this is trying to prepare ourselves to go out and evangelize. Mm-hmm. What kind of soil are we going to face? You know, as we throw the seed... Now, this parable makes complete sense if you've ever done this kind of work. But what they do is they just grab like a handful of seed and just chuck it, right? And so a lot like around Idaho, you know, where we are, we've had a lot of snow lately. I've been throwing a lot of ice melt out. Mm-hmm. I do the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. I just, I huck it. And mm-hmm. sometimes it, it seems like more gets in the snow on the side rather mm-hmm. than on the sidewalk where I'm trying to throw it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why you have the seed going all over the you know the different kinds of soils so but the first so we're, we're going to start be looking through all the different kinds of soils and we may not get to the end of it especially because i, I kind of started backwards tonight because i wanted to make that point that we never know what kind of soil it is until we actually uh study with them but the first kind of soil you may come across <clears throat> As it talks about in in Matthew 13, is the one that falls to the wayside, the seed that falls to the wayside. Now, this is one who refuses to absorb anything you say, right? You know, as as Christ points out in verse 19 of Matthew 13, and again, this is where Christ is explaining the parable to his disciples. He says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, Then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. 
This is he who's, who received seed by the wayside. So we have someone who is like a forgetful hearer. You know, um, James 1, 22 through 24 talks about someone who observes himself in a mirror. Then immediately when he turns away, he immediately forget what he looks like, mm-hmm. right? That's one that that I think about, the 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 one by the wayside, you know, the, the soil by the wayside, he he will even deceive himself. This is the one that no matter how much you study with them, they'll never get, you'll never get anywhere with them, you know, because they, they refuse to let it absorb in, and then Satan come and snatches away what you are trying to, to lay down. You know, Christ also talks about this in Matthew 7, verse 6. Here, you know, in Matthew 7, this is his Sermon on the Mount, right? It's His Sermon on the Mount is from chapters 5 through chapter 7. And so he is, he is towards the, the tail end of his Sermon on the Mount. Uh, verse 6, he says, Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet. And turn and tear you to pieces. Yeah, I think this this part right here in, in verse nineteen, he is. Correct me if I'm wrong. He's comparing it to where in this parable he said that the birds take it away. Yeah, and he's talking about like the wicked ones come and snatch away what is sown in his heart. Yeah. So they they fall to false teachers, easy things, easy easy listening, easy. Easy things on the ears, and they, and they get snatched away just the just the same as the seed that the birds eat. Yeah, you know one of, one of our biggest um, issues we may find is not realizing that Satan is ever so present in our lives as well, working. You know, because here in verse nineteen of Matthew chapter thirteen, Christ says, "Then the wicked one comes." Now the wicked one is Satan, right? Mm-hmm. Satan can use anyone and anything to tear you away from Christ, mm-hmm. to tear you away from God. That's what he does. And so he can come in many ways, shapes, and forms. You know, and so he is the one that's going to take the seed away, mm-hmm. as, as it talks about in the parable. And so one who will never absorb it is is what you're really doing is casting the precious word of God before swine. And that's the illustration that he's using in Matthew 7, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But notice at the end of this, he says, they turn and tear you to pieces. Mm -hmm. There is a danger in evangelizing. Mm -hmm. You can come across very angry people. Look at the apostles. Look at Christ. You know, they all died, minus John. But they all died. A martyr death. A martyr death. Yeah. They were murdered, you know, They're the ones that were torn to pieces because they went out and did the job. Mm-hmm. Another important piece to understand is they knew it was that they were going to be facing tribulation, and it didn't stop them mm-hmm. from doing it. The work of the Lord was more important than anything else, and so they just did it, right? And so, yes, you... Now, today, I don't think we would ever come across a situation where we're martyred in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that doesn't happen to anyone today but you will be you know ridiculed you'll be mocked mm-hmm. and they they try to to take advantage of you mm-hmm. you know 
So, yes, there, there are these things, but what I wanted to point out is they can cause you a lot of personal harm. And so, you know, we're, we're to be as gentle as doves and, and uh, as wise as serpents. And so once we, once we see what, they're, what we're up against, you know, don't, don't cast your pearls before swine. Mm-hmm. But another thing I wanted to, to point out that I actually didn't make this point in my lesson, we all can be these different kinds of soils at different parts of our lives, right? So maybe 10 years ago, I was, you know, the soil on the wayside. Then later I was among stony ground. Then later I was among the thorns, Mm -hmm. you know, and then I finally became good soil. I I hope I'm good soil. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, we can all in different in different times of our life, be all these kinds of soils. So just because someone is the the their heart is like the soil among the wayside, they're not ready to hear it yet. Maybe in five years, maybe in ten years, they'll be different. Maybe then they'll be ready to hear it. You know, maybe they'll be ready to hear it in two years. So just because you face something like that at one time doesn't mean that they're always going to be that way. Look at Saul of Tarsus. Great example of that. He was one that would tear you to pieces, turn and tear you to pieces. But then later he became the good soil. And he he brought in hundredfold, I would say. He was definitely hundredfold yeah. working on more. <laughs> you know, and, and so that's who Paul was. But at one time he was the soil by the wayside. Yeah. You know, and so just because they are like this at one point doesn't mean that they're always going to be that way. Um, you know, especially when you go out and try to talk with someone, and of course, you're trying to shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, you know, Ephesians 6.15, maybe they'll come and try to shake your faith. Maybe they'll come and try to do your personal harm, say God of the Bible is wrong, or, or God is imperfect, you know, saying all these things just to try to break you down, or just trying to destroy you. You know, they'll even go as far as calling you a heathen, you know? Yeah. That's actually what they did to Christ in Matthew eleven eighteen and 19. It says, For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they said, He has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, they said, Look, a glutton and a wine-bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is justified by her children. So, what Christ was pointing out is it doesn't matter what we do, you're going to try to to find fault, you know. That's the one that falls on the wayside. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of attitude that someone is who falls to the wayside, you know, that they're not wanting to hear anything you say. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't, you'll never know until you ask them, right? Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on that? Just, I I mean, not not a ton, just... I know that um, you know we have to keep we have to not get discouraged when we face that's right these <clears throat> any of these situations and sometimes someone who's by the wayside just like Paul uh, can become fertile soil eventually yeah and so we can't give up on people you know 
um, maybe it takes a, a long period of time to finally get them to want to look at you. And, and of course, we have to keep being a good example ourselves, you know, and, and make sure our, we're right. That's right. You know, first. Um, and, and keep working on that because being that example, you never know a friend might have something happen in their life and they're like, you know, old Chad, he's a religious guy. I'm going to go talk to him. Yeah. And you just never know when people might be ready to be fertile soil. That's right. You know, that actually happened more recently with, with this congregation. Somebody Mm -hmm. heard about us years ago and then later came to recognize, Hey, I need, I need the Lord in my life. Yeah. And, and they remember that out. person. They remember whoever that person. it was that they knew went to church every Sunday. That's right. You crazy guy, you know, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> but 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 it, when it, sometimes it takes an event in our lives that makes us look go at ourselves and go, oh, you know, I should probably do something. Yeah. You know, and so you, you, we can't get discouraged. Is what I'm saying. You know, right? That, that's why. We have this example, I think, is to understand that some people might be at different points in their life and, you know, you just hope that they figure it out before it's too late. Yeah. You know? Yep. And, you know, don't grow weary while doing good. You Mm. know, as uh, I believe that's James talking, don't grow weary while doing good. You're doing good work. You know, and this is what really helped me when I started really going out and trying to evangelize with people. Mm Mm-hmm. All the no's I got, it can be very discouraging. Yeah. You know, but then someone told me, you know what? They're not rejecting you. They're yeah. rejecting God. Just keep doing the work. Well, and, and I think, too, uh, it's good. You know, we've had a young man staying with us, Caleb. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's been kind of a, a uh, I don't know, we're, we're kind of both probably learning from each other. And we were talking yesterday about um, being friendly you know, to people in the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, I could, st- you know, stand at a gas pump and strike up a conversation with the guy on the other side, you know. And you never know where those opportunities might lead you. That's right. You know, being friendly, being kind. I know uh, you'll, if you see someone on the side of the road, you'll do everything you can to stop and help them. Yeah. And you never know where that conversation might go. That's right. You know, and um, so... Just, just be in, don't give up on people and, and be friendly, be kind. That's right. Pay attention to how you talk to each, to people, even at work. Yeah. You know, we get stressed. Even though we're stressed, be careful how you answer. That's right. And, and talk to people because they'll see you and you don't want people to say, oh, pff, Chad, surely he couldn't be a religious person. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to come across that way. So we have... We have to, you know, I'm maybe getting off on a tangent here, but... No, that's actually... It, just being that person that's easy to approach, easy to talk to. Yeah. And, you know, that's almost like the uh, what Christ was saying, you know, in, in Matthew 11, talking about John came neither eating nor drinking. Everyone is... Trust me when I say this, everyone is going to recognize when you are trying to do the good work and you're out evangelizing people recognize you call yourself a christian you you say that you're a follower of christ Mm -hmm. and so they will automatically try to find a way to call you out to bring you down so like for example chad if if i'm working for you and i 
I see you're, I know you're a Christian. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know everyone that works for you knows that already. Yeah. But say, you know, I see you going over there cursing. I'm going to use that against you every chance I get. Yeah. And I'm going to call you out. You know, even Christians, you know, do this and that and mm-hmm. this and that. You never know how damaging your actions can be towards someone. Mm-hmm. You know, and then perhaps they see that. And I'm going to turn around and never, never approach the Bible or anything because even the the Christian goers are just like everyone else. Well, and, and we don't realize how how much of impact we have sometimes. Um, just the other day, uh, last week we were at welding class. I've been taking the boys down to a welding class in Pocatello every Thursday night, mm-hmm. and um, there's a instructor. And of course, I the, there's a lot of people that know me in that field. field. Just because that's my trade, you know. And um, there's a, a welding instructor from one of the high schools that is coming in. And he knows me from some of the dealings with the program. And he, he was talking to the actual guy who's actually teaching the class. <laughs> and, and I was standing there, you know. And he starts telling them this and that. And then he starts cussing, you know, about, you know, he wasn't mad or nothing. That's just how he talked, I guess. Right. And he got he he did it a couple times and then he looks at me and he goes oh I'm sorry, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I was he seen I was standing there which he knew I was standing there but he looked at me and I I thought it was kind of weird I was like, why is he asking saying sorry to me? Well, he's never heard me cuss. Yeah, and just the little bit I've been around him, you know. And I'm not trying to, you know, uh, build myself up at all here. I'm just telling the no, story. Absolutely, I was shocked. I was like. Why is he saying sorry, you know? Like, it shocked me. But yeah. because this guy, I've had very many dealings with him at all. But un- apparently enough for him to recognize that, at least. Yeah. You know, and and so you never know what kind of impact we can have on people. I had no... It shocked me. I had no idea. Yeah. That, that he would recognize that. You know, that's happened to me too. And you're right. You're like, you don't, you almost don't know what to say. Well, I'm just like, whatever, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, it's, I, I honestly don't know what to say at that point. Yeah. You know, but, um, but anyways, they just, I, I've, that's, that reminded me of just our actions and how we portray ourselves. We don't realize how much influence we are on people or how much they recognize yeah. How, how you conduct yourself. Yeah. Well, and we're, we're going to slip up, too. You know? I mean, nobody's are. perfect, but... But apologize when you do. Yeah. But, yeah, I I used to uh, train people in, in the post office, and I had one... You know, we were probably, like, two hours into it, him, you know, following me around, doing all that. We were, like, two hours into the work, and and I, I mentioned, you know, I'm a Christian, and he's like, oh, yeah, I already knew that. Yeah. He's like... I noticed immediately you don't curse like everyone else. And yeah. I was like, huh. Yeah. And it's just, that's not yeah. my language. And, you know, like you're talking, you, you just, that's not who we are. And yeah. people notice. And that's what I was talking about. People, Quicker than you realize. People notice before you even say anything a lot of times, you know. Mm-hmm. And so just be the good example. And that way you can you can also get your fillers out there and try to see what kind of soil is, mm-hmm. you know. But ever since I was, um, I became a preacher, 
one thing that's fun for me is uh, it allows me to have those what we might call awkward situations, right? Yeah, because you awkward they conversations. Ask, well, what do you do? And you say, "Well, I'm a preacher." You yeah, know? and it's almost like they're expecting me to say at least something. You know, <laughs> you know, it makes me think when people ask you what um, what you do for a living, you should say. You should answer, well, I'm a Christian first, but second, I'm a welder. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's a good one. I mean, you might, it, it might at least. It'll trigger them. Yeah. Because it's hard to bring those conversations up, you know? It is. Uh, it's easier for you because you can say, oh, I'm a preacher. And then they're like, oh, really? What church? You know? And yeah. immediately you're off. Yeah. <laughs> off and running. But. And, you know, and <clears throat> that is. Um, a great end for me, by the way. But yeah, I mean, try to... One of the hardest things for me is to... Like uh, Caleb was saying, he can strike up a conversation with anyone. Yeah. I can do the same thing. Sure. But for whatever reason, it, it's a little bit harder to bring up God in the sure. conversation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It because is. nobody's thinking of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can start out by talking about the weather, especially at like the the gas pump. You know, mm-hmm. you're sitting there freezing, filling up, and <laughs> yeah, right. Man, exactly. it's cold out here, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. and then where do you go from there? And but the more you practice it, mm-hmm. the easier it is to well, bring up God in the conversation. It's one of those things where you don't want to be annoying to people, you know. But you got to keep in mind we have the good news, you know. Yeah. And it's like I've brought up before. If you had the cure to cancer, you'd be out there telling everyone, mm-hmm. hey, I got the cure. Come on over, you know? Yeah. Well, it's the same thing. And we ought to kind of treat it that way. And yeah. And that's that's what we're getting into, just so y'all know. David's headed down this road <laughs> of trying to encourage Slowly us. Slowly right now, but yeah. Encourage us to, to get past our fears and our um, reservations to... Bring those conversations up. Yeah. You know, that's what we're talking about. You know, and I'm going to have this is the first of, of four lessons that I'm bringing. Yeah. Um, and th- this is a great example. This is exactly what he's talking about. That's right. Don't judge the soil. You know, cast the cast the seed as, yeah. as often as you can. That's right. And just, you know, our attitude, our, our um, I don't want to say our personality, but, you know, Everyone has a talent that they can bring to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Just bring what you have. Bring what you got. And then from there, be like the one that tries to gain more. Well, and But you're, you're never going to gain more until you actually start using it. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we talked about this. And David <laughs> Porter, he was uh, uh, giving us, uh, telling us that he's he's working on it, you know, yeah. as far as talents. I think what, what we mean with trying to find those more talents and grow those talents rather than just bury them, you know, like the parable. Yeah. Um, is get out of your comfort zone, and before long, it's not out of your comfort zone. Yeah. So the more you get out of your comfort zone, the easier it gets because now your comfort zone actually grows. Yeah. You know? Well, and and it starts with just striking up a conversation about God. Yeah. That's – it's almost uncomfortable because the – the one conversation that's more uncomfortable than politics is religion, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I don't ever bring up politics with somebody. One, because I'm not a politician. I'm not into that kind of stuff. But <laughs> even if I was, it's like I don't talk about it because, yeah, man, if you know, if a Republican and a Democrat start talking, 
those words may turn into blows, right? Sure. And it seems like it's gotten worse and worse. But either way, when you talk about religion, it's almost like, and immediately you can get the the whole, well, you have your religion and I have mine. Okay, well, now you can kind of see what kind of soil they are. And yeah. it's not you judging them. Yeah. It's them showing you what their soil is. And that's, so as we come into these, looking at the different soils, remember that. They will show you who they are. You know, if they start turning and tearing you into pieces, well, then you know that, hey, <laughs> maybe they're not ready to hear it right now. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, going back to what I said, uh, we, we if we had the cure to cancer, we do. I mean, yeah. when we think about what Christ did for us, mm-hmm. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, that's it right there. That's that's the why. Yeah. You know, if you had to find the why, why? Well, for one, we want to take advantage of what he did for us. That's right. And we ought to want everyone else that yeah. we could get our hands on to 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 do the same thing. That's right. And so the the next soil that we're going to be talking about is the the soil among the stony places. So Christ describes this this kind of soil in Matthew 13, 20, and 21. Chad, did you want to read that for us? It's Matthew what? 13, verse yeah. 20 and 21. Yeah, I got it. <clears throat> so it says, um, But he who received the seed on the stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises, because of the word, immediately he stumbles. All right. So this one, this is a kind of seed that can get an evangelist really excited. Mm-hmm. Because like it talks about, he receives it with joy at the beginning. And, and and like you said, you can get discouraged by hearing a bunch of no's. So this one is like, yes, let's do this. And then one thing that we know about Satan as soon as you put on Christ in baptism, that is when Satan loses you. Or that's when Satan, yeah, loses you. I think I said that right. Anyway, Satan is not a humble being. He is not going to just lay down and humbly accept the defeat. He is very prideful, and he is going to try to get you back mm-hmm. any way he can. And one big way is going through tribulations or persecutions, right? Yeah. So he's going to start attacking you by using your family against you, using, trying to persecute you to get you to fall away. And and that's when it's really difficult watching someone who is going through these tribulations and they won't... One thing that is great about the brethren is when you are going through trials and tribulations, you can turn to them for strength. I have a verse for that. Go ahead. Okay. Acts 14.22. <laughs> nice. Strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith... And saying, we must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. That's right. That's right after Paul was stoned, left for dead, got up, went back into the city, yeah. and then went to Derby, if I recall correctly, and then from there went back to Lystra, which is where he was stoned, went into that city, then went up to Iconium, and back to Antioch. Now, the, 
the Iconium and Antioch were actually where the Jews came from. They came from there down to Lystra to convince everyone to stone them and drag yeah. them out of the city for dead. Yeah. And so he went back to the same cities, mm-hmm. strengthening the brethren, telling them that yeah. they must endure tribulation. Yeah. Man, there's nothing more that's going to strengthen you. Is And what's funny is, like, Chad, I mentioned this um, a few weeks ago where I had a headache mm-hmm. coming in here and... I almost called you and be like, man, brother, can we just do it later? Mm-hmm. I have a mm-hmm. splitting headache. I, I wanted to... And then I did the next Yeah, Wednesday. and then you did the next week. Oh, I know. But we 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 just suffered through it, essentially. Mm-hmm. We did. And But what's interesting about that is I was thinking about that. Then I read what Paul did in, in Acts 14, and I was just like, "Yeah, what right do I have? I can't imagine the pain he was going through after being stoned. Now, if you don't know what what that involves is people picking up rocks and throwing them at oh, you. Oh yeah, I can't even imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine the pain. Well, and yet that didn't stop him. Yeah, and I think uh, I I'm reminded of when I, you know what. Here's what I try to do. Anytime something bad's going on or happening, it's easy for us to blame who? God. God. Yeah. Yeah. Why is God doing this to me? When in fact, you know, it could be the devil trying to get to you. That's right. Okay. And and so I I'd say to myself, okay, God, what are you trying to teach me here? You know, yeah. We have to look at those trials and tribulations and go, all right, what am I trying? What are you trying to teach me out of this? And you know, we we keep going back to Job. You know, everything that happened to him. Uh, it, what a great example he is for us because he lost everything and praised God. Yeah. And so we ought to do the same thing and and go, okay, what are we going to learn here? But this verse is great because this is a great example for those, especially new Christians, when those trials happen, it's very important for us as brethren to gather around them and encourage them, you know, as much as we can. And And yeah, that's hard, you know, that's hard to do. And and a lot of times the, the, the soil that falls among the stony ground Instead of turning to the brethren, mm-hmm. they turn back because they they perhaps they don't even really recognize mm-hmm. that they have brethren that want to be there for them. Mm-hmm. We get in our society today. We don't ever want to bother anyone, mm-hmm. right? Like we don't ever want to be a burden to anyone. Mm-hmm. I am just as guilty as the next person. Trust sure. me, I sure. am just as guilty. We all are. And, and you know, I'm, I'm going through stuff. And I'm like, I'll just deal with it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. But the brethren are there and actually are, are more than willing and wanting to help you. Yeah. And so a lot of times a, a, a new Christian doesn't recognize that. Mm-hmm. They just don't want to be a burden or don't want to be a bother, so they just try to handle it themselves, and they they don't know enough to, to turn to the Lord, and so they just turn back to their old ways, and they fall back into the world. Mm-hmm. And so trying to be there for them and... and Trying every way you can to try to bring them back, that's because it, it's really discouraging to to watch someone fall away in that way. It is. It I've seen it multiple times, and it it is very discouraging. And we've both seen brethren that are very strong fall away. Yeah, very strong. And and that's like you were saying uh, earlier. We constantly got to be checking on ourselves too. Sure, check ourselves because we can. Maybe we're good ground today, but that doesn't mean we're going to be stony ground tomorrow. Yeah. And 
with your guard down, that way Satan is going to attack you. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you. Yeah. He he finds every opportunity to attack you. Yep. And if he can drag you away, he's going to pick that opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I have gone through that and I'm going to tell you something. You know, the you feel like just giving up. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, "You know what? Satan, you win. I'm well, done and, trying." And you know, the thing is, I think we all experience those those times when we are very frustrated about work, mm-hmm. money, right? Mm. Uh, you know, uh, just any number of things, you know, you can, this time, this time of year, how many people this week, of course, in Idaho here have had the car break down because of the <laughs> yeah, cold. We've been dealing with minus 16 degrees. Every time you try to start your car, it's like, we, we had like three <laughs> or four pickups not want to start on Monday morning. Yeah. They were toast. They were done. Yep. They're frozen. Oh yeah. Cause they, they sat all weekend. Yeah. Too cold. So, yep. uh, you know, and so you get in those trials, and, and you, at the end of the day, you're just like, "I'm done. I I gotta, you know, I'll I'll, I'll say to yeah. myself, I'm I'm gonna go do, I'm gonna go get a truck driving job. You know, this is for the birds. You know, yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, especially but it happens like, to everyone. Yeah, especially like you because you have that's four trucks. You probably had like six, eight guys that oh, are sure. sitting around. Yeah, you it, know, yeah, it, it, it yeah, and we, you're like. Just we, go home. I'm done. Well, we figured it out, but it's easy to just want to throw it your is. hands in the air yeah. and give up and yeah. try again tomorrow. And, and you know, and but that's when you need to dig in. Oh, absolutely. And I was, I wasn't gonna say that. I was watching Rocky. You mm-hmm. know, I've always loved Rocky, and I was watching uh, his last one, Rocky Balboa. Okay, where um, he was talking to his son. He said, in life. It doesn't matter how hard you get knocked or how many times you get knocked down. Mm-hmm. What's important is how hard can you get knocked down and still get up. Yeah. You know, and of course his, you know, motivational speech. Sure. There, but um man, that that drives it home. Well Satan is gonna knock you down. If you get, get back up. Yeah, if you get to filling down, it's normal. Yeah. People every one of us. It happens to everyone. Don't think you're alone. That's right. It A- happens and in to fact, everyone. Turn over to Hebrews twelve. So this one really um, can comfort you. We're going to start in 5 and go through um, 11. So he says, And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens, and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, notice there, all of us, if you are a Christian, will go through chastening. He says, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. So if you don't go through it, then you're not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we pay them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chasten us as seems best to them. But he, for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness... Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, 
Afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So notice, it, it's not joyful as you are going through it. You're going through pain. Yes, it's terrible. But when you stick... But maybe it's chastening. It's chastening. And, and when you just hang in there and stick to it, then you will produce the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Mm-hmm. And you actually... Because you're trained by it. Mm-hmm. The Lord knows what he's doing. If, if you're going through something, or even if God is allowing Satan to tempt <laughs> you, let's first understand that Satan cannot do anything without the Lord's permission. Yeah. Satan does not have more power than God. Sa- God will allow Satan to test you, but he'll cap him. Yeah. He won't let him go further than what you can handle. Now, it will overtake you if you are not turning to the Lord for help. Yeah. But when you turn to the Lord for help, you will go through it. You will, you will pass through the other side, and you will bear the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Yeah. And, and so that's, that's a big comfort. And so just when you're going through it, dig into the Word. Dig into God. Pray to Him. Mm-hmm. Cast your cares upon him, for he cares for you. You know, and so that's important for us to understand. Mm-hmm. We must we must turn to the Lord during these times of trial. Job, you brought out Job, mm-hmm. and he's a perfect example he's our of favorite. this. Yeah, he's he's the perfect example of this. Let's actually turn over there because there's a verse I want to bring out there. I, I was trying to think of some examples too, so when we're done reading that I yeah, I've thought of a couple. And so as it it's talking about uh Satan came into the presence of God. Um let me see. Let's start in verse 5. It says Of which chapter? Job chapter 1. Okay. Sorry. Job chapter 1 verse 5. It says so it was when the days of fasting had run their course that Job would send and sanctify them, and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offering according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did regularly. So this is Job sacrificing animals for his children. Right? Mm -hmm. This is the kind of love that he had. And then in verse 6 it says, Now therefore was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth, and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, who fears God and shuns evil? Notice in verse 9 it says, So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. So I wanted to bring this out, especially in verse 12. Satan had to ask permission, and God told him, you can, but you cannot go any further. Mm -hmm. 
this is the, the promise that we have from God. He will not allow Satan to go beyond what we can handle. You know, and that's that goes back to 1 Corinthians 10, 13. We will overcome it if we turn to the Lord for help, and that's exactly what Job did. You know, after he lost everything, his children, his, his livelihood, all but his wife, right? Mm-hmm. The first thing he did in verse 21, or actually verse 20, then Job arose, tore his robe, and shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. Mm-hmm. So, there is a reason why Job or was allowed to go through these trials and tribulations. Mm-hmm. It made him stronger for the Lord. And, of course, at the end of Job, after the, the countless arguments that he had with his friends... You know, his friends kept saying, you must be a sinner because you're going through all this. And at the end of it, we see he he prospered more. Like he, afterwards, he yielded more than, any, than before. Yeah. I can't remember what got us on the subject of, of trials, but, or, or of um, being chastised or, or uh, disciplined, mm-hmm. but I I, I know one, a couple of my favorites would be um, Jonah and the fish. You know, yeah, uh, he refused to go preach the word. You know that, and that's a lot of what we're talking about. To is it Nineveh? I think it yep. was Nineveh. And he had a preconceived idea, just like um, we may with the soil, <laughs> and so he's like, "I'm not going there." And he went and got on a boat and ended up in the belly of a fish. That's he right. was he was um he was uh punished, you know? Yep. And when he got done with that, he's like, Okay, all right. It 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 kind of was an attitude adjustment, you know? Yeah. And um he went to Nineveh. And another one I think about is uh name is it Naaman and the Donkey? No, um Was it Balak? It was Balak and Balaam. Balak and Balak. 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 Yeah. 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 Balak. Balak and the donkey. Uh, and I don't know that story as well. <laughs> but the the donkey actually spoke to him, said, We're not going this way. And yeah. I could just imagine him beating on that donkey going, What is wrong with you? You know? <laughs> yeah. And uh and that wasn't what God, you know, had for wanted him to do. That's right. So he was he was he was going the wrong direction. Yeah, and he actually had the reason why his donkey would stop is because the donkey seen the angel yeah. with his sword drawn. Yeah, and the donkey was saving his life yeah. by not going, and he and was he sitting here beating on him, beating on the donkey, saying "Go," you know. Yeah, and uh, and then finally the donkey talked to him. Yeah, boy, that had been an experience. And then finally the Lord unveiled his eyes, and and he seen the angel sitting there, and and that's when the angel told him. You're alive because of that donkey, essentially, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he didn't stop you. I would have cut you. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think he was getting ready to cut his head off or something like that. Yeah. And uh, it's been a while since I looked at it, so don't quote me on, on that part. But th- that's exactly it, you know? The the Lord has this plan. Yeah. And, and, you know, we are... When we're asked to do something, we better do it. Yeah, we are... 
you know what there's like seven billion people so so we're one puzzle piece in a seven billion piece puzzle mm-hmm. he has a, a master plan well and take comfort in in knowing that he has a plan for you there's a reason why you're going through the tribulation there's a reason why you're you're going through it it's to make you stronger if yeah. you stick to god it makes you stronger and sometimes uh peaceful times that god kind of gets forgotten when when nations go to war or there's you know things like that happening yeah it brings people back to god you know, and you can see that even in our nation, you know. Yeah. I remember when 9-11 happened, everyone started going back to church, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, or, or you know, something like that. Um, I know that when it's, when there's hardships like that, uh, it, it, and, and bad things that we go through in our lives, it, it kind of does make people turn back to God. Yeah. Um, Proverbs 1 I just so happened to be reading this today. Proverbs 1, uh, 24 through 28. Talk about that. Like, we we don't call on him when we, mm-hmm. during the good times. Yep. You know, we only call on him when we need something. Sure. This is, this is God's attitude here. He says, because I have called and you refused, I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded. Because you disdain all my counsel and would have none of my rebuke. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terrors come. When your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call on me, but I will not answer. Mm -hmm. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord. They would have none of my counsel and despise my every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies. So here, you know, he's talking about those that that don't call on him all the time. They only call when they need something. You know, like you like you brought out the oh, friend. Yeah. We you all know, have that those friends that only call when they need only something. Only call when they need something. You know, you look at the phone and you're like, Ugh. Yep. Yep. You know, I'm. You get to the point where you're like, I don't have time for this, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm not gonna dig in. But would God call, or would God pick up the phone when you call? Yeah, does God have your number saved? Yeah, you know, and or are you saved under? He wants something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like your 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 name on his phone is gonna be. Uh, the yeah. needy. Those, <laughs> he just wants something. Save the number in your phone. Do not answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've actually seen somebody. I, I looked at their phone and it said, don't answer. Like, yeah. that, that was the caller ID. Yeah. Don't answer it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's funny. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, Does, and, and, and you know, using that analogy, is that what God... Is that what God has you yeah. programmed in us? You yeah. Know? And that's, that's exactly what he's actually talking about there. He's like, so when you call, I'm not going to answer. Mm-hmm. You're going to diligently seek me mm-hmm. and you will not find me yeah and it's because you don't want you don't seek his counsel you know and that that points out what we are called to do is he going to bless us if we are not seeking to do his work mm-hmm. you know and and that's that's a great point to get back to where we were talking about <laughs> i know we went way off track there yeah um we got five minutes five so. minutes so we we didn't really get 
too far in that. Well, I I like uh, let's let's just look at some of these. Yeah. Um, um, oh, let's see. Uh, where's the God gives the increase? Oh, uh, Hebrews six. I think. Oh yeah, Hebrews six seventeen eighteen. Yeah, but I don't think that's it actually. Um, no, I had it wrote down here, but there's like um, Mark five nineteen and twenty. Where's? Let me. I'll read that one while you're looking for that one. Mark five nineteen and twenty. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, read that says. One. Uh, However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, "Go home to your friends, and and tell them." What great things the Lord has done for you, and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him, and all marveled. And this was, um, oh, the demon-possessed man healed. And Uh, this was was a beautiful piece because... This man wanted to go with Christ. And in fact, um, oh, the, first the region, Corinthians 3, 6. Yeah, the, the region of Decapolis mm-hmm. um, actually kicked God out, or kicked Christ out, because he, you know, all their livelihood has just been down the drain. They all died, right? And then that scared them. And so they asked Jesus to leave. Yeah. And... As Jesus was leaving, this man came to him and and asked to go with Christ. Mm-hmm. And Christ put him to work. Did mm-hmm. not allow him to go with him, but he said, go into Decapolis, or go into your cities and, and tell your friends what I've done, you know, what the Son of Man has done for you. And he went to the whole region of Decapolis. Now, mm-hmm. Decapolis is not just a city. It's actually mm-hmm. a region of about ten cities. And so this man went out and did that work, yeah. did the great work. And then later the in Mark news. 7... 31 and 32, or 30 and 31. Yeah, 31 and 32. 31 32. Christ came back through the region, and they, the region of Decapolis, and they actually brought people to Christ to be healed. Mm-hmm. And so they welcomed them back in because of that one man. Yeah. That's the only way that they, they were no longer afraid of him. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and rightfully so. They just, their livelihoods are gone. You know, I would. Hey, can you leave? Because <laughs> now I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. You know, and so they, they asked him to leave, but because of that one man, he was welcomed back in. And they actually brought sick people to him, to mm-hmm. heal him. Yeah. Because of that one man's work. And that's what that's what we can do. You know, our God chose the word of mouth to proclaim his good news. Mm-hmm. That's the form that we are to do, word of mouth. And so... Because, and that's a great story, that one man, because of his word of mouth, yeah, everyone welcomed him back in. Sure. And so... I got I got that verse. This is a good one to read. 1 Corinthians 3? So 1 Corinthians 3, we'll read like 5 through however... 8 or so? Yeah. So it says, Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believe, as the Lord gave to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. 
for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. Yeah, that's a. I I love this point to bring out because we don't stop doing the work. But I I really appreciate verse seven here. He says, "So then, neither he who plants is anything, yeah, nor he who waters, but, but God, God gives the increase. Who gives the increase? God is the great one, right? Yeah. And so, you know, we are." I like to use the analogy, we are just a tool in his tool belt. Mm -hmm. I am just one tool in his tool belt. Mm -hmm. I want to be the sharpest tool, the best tool I can be. You know, like a flathead screwdriver isn't very good if it's dull, right? Mm -hmm. I want to be sharpened by the Lord. I want to be the the sharp um, flathead screwdriver, the best sharp flathead screwdriver I can be, if I'm that tool. You know, but the one who plants and the one who waters is nothing. Mm -hmm. So when we... Go out and evangelize. Let's not boast in our labors. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the this is the issue when you have um, work-based salvation. You kind of oh, boast yeah. in your works. Sure. You're nothing, you know. Mm-hmm. Paul, how many people did he convert to the Lord? We have no idea. The number's not in the Bible. But he went out everywhere. And, you know, we know that he brought a lot of people to the Lord. Sure. Through his message, he's still bringing people to the Lord. But he didn't boast in that. Mm-hmm. His his boasting was in his calamity. You know, his boasting was um, the thing actually, that the thing that can be boast about is God's increase. That's right. You know, and just just really quick, when we plant a seed in our garden, we do the same thing. We plant the seed, we give it water. But guess what? God gives the increase in the sun. Yeah, and whatever happens with that seed That's is right. because of God. You know, yeah, we did our part. But the the most powerful part is what God gives. Yeah. And that's what he's saying. The the salvation that God offers, that's the power. That's it right. It doesn't matter who gives it, who waters it, who sows it, who waters it. It doesn't matter. Yep. It's the increase that God, yeah. and that the power is in God. God is the beautiful one. Yeah. God is the... That's the one that we can be awed. That's right. Awed over. That's right. You know, he is the awesome one. Mm-hmm. We are not. We are simply just a tool. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get a tool out of your tool belt and, and you tighten that screw with that Phillips head, right? Mm-hmm. The the Phillips screwdriver has nothing to boast about. No. no. <laughs> He's just doing his job. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Yeah. You know, and so, yes, we need to go out and evangelize, but I think this is a great way to end, actually. Yeah. Don't boast in your work. Yeah. Because you're nothing. No. You're just... Using what the Lord has blessed you with, mm-hmm. then that's it. Yeah, you know, and and so you're just being a servant to the Lord mm-hmm. as you're called to be, which is your reasonable service. Romans twelve one. Yeah, and so you know, don't don't boast in it, but you can take joy in doing the work. And the power is God, Him giving the increase. That's right. God and, is the awesome one, and and you know, so when when people try to turn around and. Mm-hmm. And say you're something. We see the apostles time and time again. I'm but a man like you. Mm-hmm. You know, God's the good one. God is the awesome one. Mm-hmm. And that's that's our attitude. That's what we need to have. You know, as we go out and do the work, God's the awesome one. I'm just I was blessed with this work and, and this is what I'm doing. So yep. you thank God if you want to thank anyone. That's you right. Know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's some examples we could bring up, I know, of that. 
um, because the Christians that said um, they were bragging because they were baptized by Paul, some yeah, by, that's First Corinthians one actually. Yeah, so I mean we. That we could we could look at that, but we're out of time. So yeah, <laughs> uh, but I think it's a, like you said, it's a great place to to stop. And so we're going to be talking more about this next week. So yeah. we'll look forward to that. So uh, be sure and join us for that next week. And uh, and so we'll see you next time. Looking forward to it, guys. Thank you so much uh, for listening in. Yep. See ya. <laughs>